Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right, how you doing, everyone? And once again, welcome to B- Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com and the Giants app. I am Russ Salzberg, joined by my partner and colleague and very good buddy, Paul Dottino, Paulie Dots. And at the controls today, sitting in for Pearson Butler, Dom Mazzola. And, of course, you the people out there, because without you the people out there, we'd have nobody in here to be talking to on Big Blue Kickoff. And, uh, you know, this is the week, well... We look forward to the week when it's the week for us to have anxiety waiting <laughs> for a big blue Super Bowl, but we are mm. not there yet. It is the Chiefs. It is the um, Philadelphia Eagles, and that's what it is. I, I will tell you this, Paulie. Uh, you know, a lot of people are down, you know, especially from the building. It's almost like a little bit of a ghost uh, facility in here today because yeah. everybody's down. Uh, a lot of people, personnel, certainly Dave's and, and Joe Shane and assistant coaches are down for the senior bowl in mobile alabama but if if i may just offer something and uh i'm gonna say this i said it on my podcast yesterday that listen the national football league is a um let me make this a little lower the national football league is a multi-billion dollar industry a multi-billion dollar industry not just a multi-billion dollar industry, it is a multi-billion dollar entertainment industry. And what happened in the NFC Championship game cannot happen again. Now, somebody might say, well, Russ, you're making a big deal because, you know, it's not the first time people lost quarterbacks. No. But can you imagine, Paul, had that happened, had that happened in a Super Bowl and people are sitting there watching a Super Bowl without the inability to pass a ball. It would be terrible. To me, the National Football League, and you you and I talk about this all the time off the air, they got to do something with their rosters. What is it, Paul? 46 or 45 guys are <clears throat> dressed each week? 46. Okay, 46 guys. That 46 guys aside, everybody takes one guy who's your third-string quarterback. He It's got nothing to do with the rest of the roster. 
He's your third-string quarterback, and he has to be there to come in in case of an emergency because just as a fan's standpoint, I had no real rooting interest in, in any of the games this week, and I wanted to watch him. And that was, and you could hear people talking about it, people writing about it. It was unwatchable. Two great teams was unwatchable to watch. That can't happen in the National Football League. And I'll tell you, Paulie, remember last year, what was it in the Bills-Kansas City game? That's because the NFL playoff uh, rule has changed, uh, overtime. Now, both teams get a chance to score a touchdown. Right. Right. I guarantee you that issue, just why that was changed for this year, I guarantee you that quarterback mm-hmm. issue that just happened in that, that um, <clears throat> NFC Championship game of this year will be an issue they will discuss in the competition committee. Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. You know, usually... Anybody uh, who's in a position to do something about a potential problem won't do it until it breaks. Isn't that always the case? Let, right. Let's wait for the dam to break before we try and fix things. Yeah. yeah. And, and But I'm telling you, if it happened during a Super Bowl, all, all, think about all the entertainment value, all the eyes on it, the, 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 the advertising. And I'll tell you something else. Let's be honest with you. The National Football League has put their arms around and embraced gambling. <laughs> How do you think that sits with, with, with all the, 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 the people betting on games? That was a disaster. Every which way you looked at it, it was a disaster. Anyway, that's what I got to say uh, on it. I well, don't... to finish off, let me make sure we're clear on your proposal. Right now, you have a 53-man active roster. Right. And then an hour and a half before the game... You have to deactivate seven players right. to get down to 46. Now, because of the COVID rules, you're now allowed to elevate two additional practice squad players every Sunday, which in effect, okay, brings you up to uh, to, to uh, 55 instead of 53. Right. When then you deactivate guys. Right. So what you're saying is put those guys all aside and there should be a 40 uh, a a 47th guy who is not part I, of not, the 46 I, I, he's a separate guy I'm not even calling him a 47th guy You're just calling him a separate guy I, I'm calling him the third quarterback Third quarterback That's what I'm calling him Yeah the third quarterback not 47 not 49 not 46 but a beep but a bop but a boop he's okay. the third quarterback period Now let me ask you something uh the players union of course is going to have a say mm-hmm. in any kind of change you make they're going to want to know, is he a full-fledged, full-salaried player, or is he a practice squad player? I would say he has to be a full, uh, uh, you know, prob- no. If he's a practice squad player and, and he's dressed for each game, he gets a game check for that game. Okay, so- but but is his weekly salary going to be, is he going to be quali- quantified as a practice squad guy or as a, as a full-fledged player? That that's vested one year player. That's up, as you say, for the union and them to work out. Because they're going to want to de- uh, they're going to want to debate that. Oh, but all I'm saying, well, all I'm saying is the NFL has to have not a 47, not a this. It's got to be, period, a third. Uh, call him the. It's the third quarterback rule. Period. That's what he is. He he can't be anything else. There's there's no and you remember when when that third quarterback rule initially came in. 
there was some little gamesmanship. Is this guy going to be labeled, but he's not really a quarterback? No. You are strictly a quarterback A ruler. designated player. That's what you want to do. Designated a designated QB. player. He is designated third quarterback for the game. That's and it. And that's it. Period. That's exa- that's exactly right. He's he's the designated QB instead of DH DQB. That's exactly what it's, it is. It's not a bad idea. No, I I mean it. I'm telling you, folks, it can't happen. You, you know, to watch that game, it's and and I don't care. Like I said to you, we were just having lunch. I don't care if it's Jim Brown, Gail mm. says Barry Sanders, okay. whoever you want. If nobody can pass the ball on your team, they're gonna get stopped. Now the old rule. When they had the third quarterback rule, was that quarterbacks number one and two had to get knocked out of the game. Right. And if the third quarterback came in, QBs one and two could not return. Yeah. That was the old rule. That was the old rule. When they had a third quarterback rule. So you want to bring back the third quarterback rule, but you don't want to put any stipulations no, on it. The third quarterback. Period. Okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. The third quarterback. I'm, 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 again. <clears throat> This was not my teams. I was just watching it strictly for enjoyment. I couldn't wait to watch two games. You know, listen, Paul, I don't have to tell you this. We, when we watch the Giants, we're watching the Giants, and it's like being in Coney Island on a roller coaster. You're watching it. It's up because it's your team. And, and all you fans out there know what I'm talking about. You, you're riding the waves with your team. But when you, it's not your team. Like to me, the Eagles, uh, excuse me, the Chiefs uh, Bengals game, I, I wanted it to go into overtime. I didn't want it to end. I, Did I, you really? No, because I, I want to go back and forth because okay. I, I, I was enjoying watching it. It was a great fun game. Young quarterback. Good game. But, so, but th- I had no vested interest other than, you know, I'm enjoying watching a game. That but, Niners game was painful. It was just dreadful to watch. Oh, no, it was going... It, it, it was, was like chewing nails. No, it was going to the dentist, you know, and having a root canal. Oh, it, was, without, it was awful. No, it was terrible. See, now, the, the interesting debate on that will be if the if that third designated third quarterback is part of your real roster, then he can't be poached. If the designated third quarterback is part of your practice squad every week, now he can be poached because he's subjected to practice squad rules. Maybe you just want to make a full set of special rules just for that guy, I, I, which, which again, I'd not be open to. I, I just want – the reason I'm talking about it, folks, because I just genuinely believe in – we're talking about the National Football League. It is not a multi-million dollar business. It is a multi-billion dollar business. Look what they put into the Super Bowl with Rihanna, with this, with that. Oh, and who's going to – come on. It's entertainment, okay? It's high entertainment and what we got to see was no entertainment. And that cannot happen. If that happened in a Super Bowl on the, the very next Monday, everybody would be talking about it. Everybody would be talking about it. And I'll tell you what, it drove me crazy when um, uh, uh, in the NFC, the celebration, uh, Terry Bradshaw is on the podium with Nick Sirianni, uh, the Eagles head coach, and says, boy, your defense was phenomenal today. Phenomenal? Who were they playing? The little sisters of the poor? I mean, th- th- there was no offense. It was terrible. Yeah. Phenomenal. What was phenomenal about that? <laughs> their, their, their offense, the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, is high-fiving the guys when they're coming off. High-fiving what? Who were they beating? Pop Warner? They had a tougher time going against their own teammates in practice than they did the 49ers oh, offense. Oh, I'm telling you. It was horrible. Yeah, it re- really was. 
They got a bye week, really, into the Super Bowl. Anyway, folks, the number is always 201-939-4513 for you to call. 201-939-4513. Phone lines are open. You know, we're here. Uh, whatever you would like to talk about. Let's take care of a little business while we are here, though. Make sure, Giant fans, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, 201-939-4513. All right, Russ. uh, One thing to keep in mind now this week is you guys want to prep for the Giants offseason. You've got a couple of all-star games. Thursday night is the East-West Shrine game, which, uh, you know, is now improving itself. They're getting a higher quality uh, number of prospects in that game. So that's coming up on Thursday night. That's tomorrow night. And then, obviously, the Senior Bowl, which everybody knows is a big deal. You, you know, you'll be making a big deal about, it, about that on Saturday. But, but the Shrine game, uh, you know, in recent years, it's been full of day three draft picks, guys who were fourth, fifth, sixth round kind of guys. Uh, from what I'm being told, they made a very concerted effort this year to try to get some more maybe third-rounders and maybe even a couple of second-rounders in there. I don't know if that's necessarily going to bear fruit, but they've they've made a stronger effort to try to get higher-quality prospects into that game. So I would advise folks who care about watching some prospects, keep track of Thursday's game first before you get to the Senior Bowl. The, the, um, Daniel Jones was the MVP of that Senior Bowl. Yes, well, yes he was. Dan, Daniel Jones was the MVP. I... I leave that. I really don't form opinions on those games simply because I really leave all of that up to the scouts and the coaches and, and, and the Dables and the Shanes simply because I don't watch those guys on tape. I don't know a lot of them, you know, unless you're quote-unquote the star player. And, and to me, you know, the other thing that you have to be careful about, if a guy has a bad game but you know he's a terrific player, well, what do you do? Do you like say, mm, you know, uh, what is he dropping? In fact, if 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 I'm not mis- <laughs> if, if I'm not mistaken, um, when Daniel Jones first went down there, I think on his first day when, when they practice or and, and work mm-hmm. out in front of people, uh, I think he was ha- had a really bad workout, and he ended up being the MVP. So you just you know workouts are workouts. 
you know. Um, well, here's what you can do, Russ. Even if you don't want to put a lot of effort into it, at least watching these all-star games will give you some name recognition. Yes. For some guys who you might at least want to be able to look into or discuss with people. Yeah, no, no. I, again, it's important. I, I know, uh, listen, I think Dave's went down there. Dave's and Shane, I believe, went down there on Tuesday. I think Wink might have been down there on Monday. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I just know that right now this place is pretty empty. <laughs> yeah. No, no it's... Uh, that I can tell you. You, you know, uh, listen, the next... Um, I was just telling Paul before we got on the air, uh, I hate this time because, you know what I call this time? Soap opera time. Drama time. Everybody's waiting. Well, who's going here? Who's going there? Uh, is this guy... Well, speaking of news and what's this guy going to do... The goat retired today. The goat? Oh, he's not the goat. He's the goat. Yeah, he, he is the goat. Yeah, Tom Brady retired today. Yes. So, uh, and you know what? Uh, good for him. Um, you know, uh, he he um, he's the goat. And um, he, one more starting quarterback job is now open yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, that that is that is the case. But uh, listen, I'll tell you what. He did it, he did it great for a long time, and he could, Paul and I were still talking about it, he could still do it at a very high level, enough is enough, and uh, next year he can go into the broadcast booth and, uh, you know. Yeah, how does that shake things up now, right? So Fox immediately puts him in the number one booth with Kevin Burkhart. Yeah, and, and Olsen. So now Olsen's, Olsen's going to have to drop down now. Goes to, well, he'll go back to being number two. Yeah. And I don't even know who's number two on their list. Is it Johnston? Daryl Johnston, I think he might be their their second team analyst. He's going to have to get bumped down. Look, that Daryl Johnston who can't shut up. That Daryl Johnston. Mm. <laughs> you know, you know. Let me just say this, folks. I know this won't really matter to you from an announcer's perspective, right. but I have to tell you, it's it's kind of offensive to me when guys are pulled right off the field and put into that top spot without having to train at all i mean to me i remember when john madden came into the nfl as an announcer after he had retired from the raiders and he didn't immediately go to the number one crew on cbs he he worked his way up by doing games on on some of the lower crews until finally he got elevated that's the way you're supposed to do it hey listen they go for name recognition uh and i'm not saying i think greg olson's great but it's really unfair to him, and I know we all knew the story. When Brady stepped off the field, he was getting the number one chair. But I don't think it's fair, Russ. Well, yeah, but that's because he is Tom Brady. Oh, okay. I mean, you can so see, he's Tom Brady. But what do he do? You, well, he doesn't have enough of good things in life that he needs this. Well, I'm not saying he needs it. That's the Paul. That's the nature of the business we are in. I know. And you know, people go for the stars, whether you or I like it or not. That's the way it is. Now, listen, remember Joe Montana. He didn't last very long doing it. There are a bunch of guys, actually. Yeah, yeah. a lot of guys. Who didn't last very long. They got their name recognition, and then they fell apart. Thing is, with Brady, I think he's got such a long and lucrative contract. Let's just say he doesn't work out so well. Ten years. It won't matter. Ten years, $375 million. I don't know that I'd want to listen to him for the next ten years on TV games. Well, you wouldn't want to listen to him. 
if they were paying you $375 million, because <laughs> when I called them the GOAT, you're already returning green. So let's, let, we, we know where that goes. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's open up the phone lines. Let's go to Manahawkin and check in with Marty. Hey, Marty, you're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing? All right, guys. How you doing? Hi. Uh, I just wanted to uh, get something straight. I was under the impression that the... Uh, the senior ball was for the seniors of uh, in college, and uh, the East-West uh, Shrine game now is where the underclassmen uh, that declare early can can go and showcase their talents. Am I right on that? Or the senior bowl is only for the seniors. That is true. The Shrine game w- was always for the overflows, the guys who usually did not uh, get an invitation to the senior bowl. A lot of those guys wound up being the also rans, so to speak, if you will. That over the years, that's the way it turned out to be. Now, did the, the Senior Bowl um, open up to junior eligibles today? I mean, the Shrine Game. You know what? That's a good question. I I do not know the answer to that. I'm going to look it up right now while we're while we're talking. Well, of course, I don't have a Wi-Fi connection, so that's not going to happen. I'll look it up on my phone for you. But uh, in in years past. I don't believe that was the case. I do know that the Shrine folks talked about it all during last fall, that they were going to go after a higher, higher caliber of prospect. And they seem pretty pleased with what they've done this year. I have not studied rounds and where guys should go to know if that's going to be the case. We won't know till they're drafted how many, quote, higher round guys wound up coming to the Shrine game. We won't know that till then. But let me take a look at yeah. well, if you have another point, I'll take a look and see if it. there was an eligibility uh, uh, lifting, so to speak, on the shrine. I don't think there was, to be honest with you. But I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a look. Yeah, the past days too. I heard you talking about like the guys that were drafted last year and the guys that they had, you know, uh, sitting behind other players on the Giants. And I was wondering uh, how uh, that Tamon Fox. Uh, was was sitting because I know Mac uh, Mac Brown loved him. Yeah, well, the thing with Fox, he come he came in as an undrafted rookie free agent, and he wound up getting a lot more playing time than they thought for a couple of reasons. First of all, he had a good camp. Okay, that was first. Second, he was very smart, played the run well, had some pass rush skills, and the Giants had some guys dinged up. Remember Ojolari, Thibodeau earlier in the season missed some time out there. Uh, Zimenez was even banged up a little bit. I mean, they had some room for some snaps. Ellison Smith barely got on the field this year, so they had room. And so the guy got some snaps, and I know they like what they saw, so he'll be back. I mean, I don't know how much his role is going to increase because if Tibbs and and Ojolari are both healthy next year, they're going to dominate those outside linebacker snaps. I would assume so. Thanks for the call, Marty. You know what? I, yeah, you got it, guys. I, I was thinking uh, of this guy the other day. We hadn't spoken about him. You know, we were talking about receivers and this and that. Have you heard anything on um, the receiver who tore his ACL, uh, uh, Colin Johnson? I have not heard of anything since he got injured. Because he was tearing it up. He was another guy tearing it up. Think about, there were two guys that that we thought were really good. Uh, Darian Beavers, 
Love and, Beavers. And and Colin Johnson was was killing it. Colin, Colin Johnson had a good start he, to camp. He had a really you know, good start. He's not a a big play impact receiver, but he's a guy who, when healthy, I do believe that he can fill out the depth chart. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, you, you know, know I'm I'm not saying he's it to cats meow, but I thought listen, we were excited about it. Okay, him. so the East West Shrine, um, the actual website itself says right here in terms of eligibility, uh, it does say Players must be college seniors and currently eligible uh, to play for their school. So, in other words, you can't have a guy who's suspended or a guy who was kicked out of school. Those guys are not eligible for for the Shrine game, but it does say it's seniors. So, I have nothing that indicates they opened it up to junior eligibles. All right. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's now go to Marcus in Arizona. Hello, Marcus. How are we doing today? Hey, guys, how you doing? Can you hear me okay in my AirPods? Yes, sir. Yeah, you're fine, Marcus. Here, you're fine. Okay. Hey, so um, just a few things, but I'm going to throw a disclaimer out. I don't call during the season because I like to ride the emotional roller coaster. Okay. <laughs> so, my sympathies uh, to you. <laughs> That's not an yeah, easy thing to so, do. Nope, it isn't. But I try not to because I talk myself off the ledge, and I hear a lot of other people calling in and they're upset all the time so but that's my disclaimer i want everybody on the team every player i always want them to be superstars i've never said i didn't want a player they suck get them out of there okay right so those are my disclaimers just a couple things when the season started i wanted to give props to brian dayball because most new coaches that would come in and have a team and a quarterback that nobody's sure about. They would just try to get through the season so they could get their guy in. Dable actually gave Jones, Barkley, and everybody else a chance to just win. Like, no holding back. So props to him. Okay? I'm so proud of the team, the way that they played this year. Um, from the start to finish, even the Philly games, I am so proud of them. The thing I wanted to talk about, though, is two things. So everybody the last few days has been beating up on Aziz because he was injured this year. But last year he played all games and has our rookie sack record with the asterisk from LT. So I think Aziz is going to be great, and I think he's going to be dependable. But when we're looking at the draft, the guys, the young guys that we have, I don't know what the percentage is that, you know, rookies who miss a lot of their first year, some of their second year, but mainly the first year, how often do they come back and play long careers and are able to stay healthy? Because it's hard for me to say that we're going to be okay with Wondell Robinson, which I hope he does. I hope he's great and Mm -hmm. as a superstar, but we don't know if he's going to even be able to play. So... I hope that we build. Okay. Go ahead. I'll give you an example. Do you remember Steve Smith? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Made the Pro Bowl for the Giants, caught 100 passes one year. As a rookie in 2007, uh, he was hurt most of the season, came back and played in the postseason, okay? And then, of course, later on, became a 100-catch receiver who went to the Pro Bowl. Then wound up tearing up his knee, and that was it. (laughs) Went to the Eagles, and then his career was over. So yeah. uh, I do not, I do not want to, you know, throw Wandell Robinson into a bin that says, well, because he was hurt as a rookie, he'll never be anything. 
Oh, Steve Smith no, turned no, no, it no. around and became a Pro Bowl receiver. I wasn't signaling out Wondell. I was just using him as an example as like as a whole. Like Aaron Robinson, you guys you guys were just talking about him. Big Aaron, Aaron Robinson, Robinson fan. I I love I that love kid. I love Aaron Robinson too. What are the chances that he's going to be able to stay healthy and and you know like that was my example. Yeah, but you, you know what Marcus, you're asking a question that there is no answer to. What are the chances? Sounds good. Well, you, no, and I'm not trying to be facetious. What are the chances? No, 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 no. Throw uh, that throw that in the kidney gall- you know, a, yeah, throw that McKinney Galladay barrel. It's an unanswerable question. You know, guy, guy uh, we don't know who's going to get hurt. We we had, yeah. and, and appreciate the call. Let me uh, continue to talk Thanks, with Russ Marcus. as you listen off the air, Marcus. We talked yesterday, myself and Jonathan Casillas, about the tricky road that you have to navigate if you're the Giants because you have a load, a load, not just a couple, but a load of young players who have a lot of talent, who have a lot of potential, who you'd love to be able to put stuff on their shoulders, but because of injuries, you just don't know. And think about it. On defense, Flott was hurt this year a bunch. Aaron Robinson missed the whole year. Ellison Smith missed the whole year. All right. Shane think- Lemieux. Shane, Le- Lemieux. Shane Lemieux on offense. Uh, uh, Beavers we talked about. Uh, Bain- Dane Belton was hurt for some of the season. Just think about it. Rodarius Williams. Missed half the season. Think about all of these players. Azudu missed the second half of the season. Offensive line. McKeithen missed the whole year. DJ Davidson, defensive tackle. These are all young players who've been here within the last two years who who these coaches really liked and wanted wanted to get something out of. But because of all of these different injuries, Ojolari's and other guys missed a ton of time. Listen, that's the nature of. All right, so how do you how do you move forward, knowing that you have a gap to close? And my contention to Casillas yesterday was this, Russ: if any of these Giants players who are currently in that injured bin of unknowns, if if any of those guys, and I think quite a few of them are really, really good players. I think Beavers is going to start for this team opening day. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Right? We, 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 we're together on Beavers. Okay. Wondell Robinson is another guy, well, right? He, yeah. No, he, he's, he right? factors in. So if, if any of these guys are legit players, and not just rotational players, but starters, how much does that close the gap that they're trying to navigate as they try to go to step two? Well, I, I think the situation, that's the hard part when, when you're getting, you know, for, for coaches and general managers because, you know, if a kid's injured, like right now, fine. But I'll give you an example. You and I in particular really like Shane Lemieux. But now Shane's getting to a point we got to see him play. Because, it's two years. Because if we're not seeing him play, th- then it's hard, for, it's hard for the organization to say, well, yeah, we, we like this guy. And we don't want to let him go because we can see him biting us on the keister. He stars for somebody else. But you need to bleep or get off the pot. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to, we got to be able to see the guys perform. Yeah. And if they can't perform, then that makes it difficult to make decisions. The trouble is every single GM and coach will tell you we can never have enough good players. Yeah. So, so, but if, they got to be healthy to perform, and, and that's the the quandary. Yeah. Because yeah. you have literally a whole shoebox full of players who you think are talented and good, 
and yet you can't determine it because they're not on the field. Uh, again, it's painful. You know, you can love a kid. A, a, a coach could absolutely love a kid. But if the kid can't play, what am I supposed to do? You know, after a while, we, we got to see something. I'm, I mean, I'm not asking you to go get yourself killed, to drag yourself out if you can't play, but I got to see you be able to play. You, they got to stay well, healthy. For example, Thibodeau and Ojolari. If you believe that those guys are going to be fine, well, we know the talent they have. Right. You don't need to go using either money or a high draft pick on an edge rusher if you believe that Thibodeau and Ojolari are going to be here for several years. Well, but if you don't believe that Ojolari can stay on the field, do you need to use some high value on a pass rusher this year? Well, I, I wouldn't say this year, you, you know, because the, the, uh, what was it? Uh, it's been two years. It's yeah. been hurt two years, Russ. Okay. What do you do? Yeah, but um, how much was he hurt last year? He still had the rookie record for sacks. Yeah, but but he missed time. Yep. No, that's it's it's a fair point, and it, and that's that's why GMs and coaches make the big dough because they got to make those decisions and they got to be the right decisions. Otherwise, people lose jobs. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to Bloomfield and check in with uh, Bob. Hello, Bob. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. This is like the third time I've called, and it's been great, uh, real informative. Paul, you've been wonderful talking to about the defensive backs, my last call, and the linebackers. Today I wanted to ask you uh, a question about the Giants started out at 6-1. Uh, and one. Bellinger gets hurt, and, you know, two weeks later they lose Xavier McKinney. Um, do you think that the Bellinger injury affected Evan Neal? Because a lot of the guys that I know that of course are it did. fans. And do you think, though, when they move Neal, like a lot of guys keep, like, ragging on him. I happen to like him a lot. And what I think he went through was, he was a left tackle. They move him to the right side, and he's a rookie, which playing tackle, I heard you say, Paul, playing tackle in the NFL is a difficult thing, but then moving from left to right, losing Bellinger for a, a series of games which was helping him, the Giants finished 4-7 and seven after those two injuries, mm-hmm. after starting 6-1. and one. Those two guys were really big for the Giants, I thought, and I thought the, the Bellinger injury really affected Neil a little bit because Bellinger was one heck of a blocker and really playing well. You're totally correct. You're totally correct. There's no point even going any further. You're absolutely correct. It was definitely a part of it. 
To go back to Ojolari for a second, 67% of the snaps in year one, 49% year two. So, you know, he has missed some chunks. Let me go to uh, Neil for a minute because you're making this phone call. Russ knows I have a chart that I keep because I do all my own tape review. Okay, so let me give you something on Neil. Okay? Okay. Evan Neal this year, I charged him with nine sacks. Okay? Okay. Uh, and then one of the playoffs. But here's the interesting part about Evan Neal. And I, and I, and I think... I think this is part of what, what I think is the growing process. And, Russ, I know you're going to agree with me because we saw Andrew Thomas develop from his rookie season, <laughs> I was right? On the tip of my tongue. Right? Andrew Thomas. Okay. They were ragging on Andrew Thomas pretty good, too. And now he's viewed as one of the best at his position in the entire league. Now, right. I think what's very interesting is that if you go back since the fifth game of the season, and I know Neil missed a month, so it's a little bit deceiving. But of the four sacks that he gave up over the second half of the season, okay, um, three of them were on a zone blitz. Okay. Now, you know what that means? Recognition. That says to me, recognition issue. As a young kid who has to develop more experience, more recognition, more awareness of the game, he's going to get better at that. In fact, earlier in the season, he gave up two sacks on zone blitzes in his first five, and then three in his last four. Okay? Okay. That's one area he's going to have to get better at. The recognition on the zone blitz. That's mental. He will also, if you listen to him at the end of the season, he told us in his postseason press conference that the adjustment flopping sides was more than he thought it was going to be. So you're hitting it on the head, and we'll also tell you he was hurting a lot more than, than he was leading on during the course of the second half of the season. He was banged up with the ankle, with the knee, with the elbow, with the shoulder. He was being put together with scotch tape on a number of these games. Consider all of that before you rip on him. Do you think, too, that, Paul, the, is the technique a lot different from left to right tackle? It's the footwork more than anything else. Footwork, okay. Footwork and balance, because you're putting a different, you're putting your other hand down, your opposite hand down on the ground. So now you got to deal with the footwork and the balance. You, you know, Bob, I, I think it was two years, not not this past season, two preseasons ago. Paul will, will remember they were playing the Patriots here uh, in a preseason game, and it was like the first or second snap for the Giants, and. Um, Andrew Thomas got beat. And it was like a bullfight, you know, a bull rush. He just got totally, to, 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 totally wiped out. Totally wiped out. Oh. And we, we're in the press box, and you can hear everybody going. Oh, the groans. Oh, here, here it is. This, this is the guy that drafts so high, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they wanted to, like, tar and feather the guy. And where is he today? And I'm not exaggerating when I say he's viewed as one of the very best in the league at his position. Okay? He's an all-pro. I mean, you know, um, Evan Neal's going to be just fine. Yep, and I agree. I think Evan Neal's going to turn out to be a great right tackle. It's just going to take two or three years, but I really believe that, you know. And I know a lot of people are and giant fans where I'm from, North Jersey. They're ragging on him. But I don't see that. I saw exactly what you guys are saying. I saw he competed hard. He had a lot of injuries, but I still like – feel Bellinger, the loss of Bellinger for a while. And then when Bellinger came back from the eye injury, 
it took him a couple of games, it looked like, to recapture his confidence, Bellinger. Well, I, you know? I'll tell you something about Bellinger. I'm the first one to admit it. I knew nothing about uh, Daniel, but he is a very important part of the Giants' future. I mean, I really, really like Daniel Bellinger. I like the way he plays. I like the way he carries himself. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a pro. Yeah, there's no question. And when I say he's a pro, of course he's a pro, Russ. He's the NFL, but he's a rookie. And you know what? He didn't even. He doesn't even act like a rookie. And I don't quite I, frankly. I don't think he plays like a rookie. Either. You don't think about the guys who played in his stead. Uh, Cager's more of a receiver than he is yep. a real blocking tight end in line. And then when they picked up a Vanette. Uh, off the waiver wire for the second half of the season, he was coming in cold. So think about that for a minute. Neil had to play with those guys. It it certainly had to impact him. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, yep. thank you for the call. I thank think it's you. a very thank astute, very astute observations. That 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 is a very good point. You, you know, uh, I'm glad he did bring it up because, uh, as you say, he's a rookie and dealing with that other stuff and you know guys coming in you know how do you deal with that you know the the one thing that that uh, that i know it's hard sometimes for the outside folks to get we know because we're here all the time we see the bumps and bruises and we know the kinds of things these guys have to navigate during the course of the season just because a guy isn't on the injury report doesn't mean he's not fighting through something russ you know this as well as anybody I, I was just, you mentioned the injury report. How come you didn't give us an injury report today? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, we, we know because, you know, we'll see after practice or before practice. And this isn't like, this isn't some espionage kind of deal we're talking about here. But you'll see guys all the time with a, with a wrap on their their, their uh, arm, their knee, they're walking, ice. They're walking, their butt hurts. I'm not being, a, 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 no, I'm but, not exaggerating. This is, they're walking with a slower gait, especially sometimes you see some of the offensive linemen. Anybody who believes that because a player is not listed on the injury report that he's 100% feeling as good as you and I is a fool. Well, the, the cliche, that or you think it's standard player talk uh, that you hear from players, and it's not. It's the truth. When players say, well, how are you feeling? And whether it's Saquon or, or Daniel or anybody... They'll say, at this time of the year, everybody. Yeah. No, nobody is a hundred percent. That is the truth. You don't heal till the off season, right? No. I mean, it is a tough, and it just seems that it's getting tougher. It it is a tough, violent sport. I've been covering it. Paul's been covering it a long time, and the more I see it, the more I appreciate how tough and how violent it is. You you can't just let's put it this way. When you're in the off season. You better be working to make sure your body is right and healing up and this and that. This is not a sport that you just play, uh, you know, um, X amount of months of the year. You, it, it takes its toll on your body. And, you know, somebody, somebody who was ripping Neil to me online um, said to me, well, why did he play the first half of the last game in Philadelphia? I said, that's the point. He only played a half. He had missed so much time during the season when he was out for over a month because of the knee. They needed reps. They knew he was going to start in the playoffs. So they wanted to get him some more reps without necessarily pushing him too far. So they played him the first half in that Philadelphia game to try to give him a little bit more of, of, a, of a preparation 
going into the postseason. But they got him out at halftime. No, you're right. And, you know, speaking of reps, you and I never really spent a lot of time talking about this. I thought uh, Dable was masterful in handling um, Nick Gates and Bredesen. Yes, he you did. Know, th- that rotation. It worked. Actually, that worked pretty well. Worked extremely well. And, and listen, you know, you, you've heard Paul and myself say it, hands down. That You want to talk about an injustice that he was not even nominated, Nick Gates, for Comeback Player of the Year. It, it, it's a joke. It's a disgrace. And, and we know, like, Saquon's nominated. I'm sorry. And, and who is it? Saquon, um, Geno Smith, and who's um, I forget the other I for, one. I forget the other yeah, one. Yeah, Geno and Saquon. It, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, Nick Gates, hands down, should be the guy. And uh, the way he used him and Bredesen in the rotation, you know, uh, first half, second half, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought he got the most out of them. And, again, who would have thunk it that a guy who a year ago, you didn't know if he was going to walk right again. Not only was the leg shattered, but infection set in. He had like seven operations, and he was a vital cog on that offensive line this season. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Oh, it, Christian McCaffrey was the other one. Yeah, there you go, McCaffrey. Come back. I'm sorry. I'm taking nothing away from these players, but come back. You got well, coming back from what? This guy was coming back from. I don't want to say death. But, I mean, his career was completely in limbo. Look, if you ask Saquon today, he'd tell you to give uh, it to Nick Gates. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Again, 201 <coughs> is the number. Let's go down to Georgia and check in with Robin. Hello, Robin. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, how you doing? How you, Hi. How you doing? Uh, pretty good, Paul. Russ. <coughs> okay. What do you got for us, Rob? Uh, I just want to talk about over the overall season. I think we um, Dave's uh, did a, a good job with uh, what we had to work with, um, trying to get us to the playoffs. And um, I mean, we got one win under our belt, but uh, overall, he did a he did an excellent job. I would concur. I don't think that I don't think anybody uh, listen. That's why he's been. You know, was it two? Twice already. Uh, well, the Pro Paul, Football Writers made him coach, coach of the year. Coach of the year. Did anybody else? I, I, I know he's nominated. Yeah, yeah, there was he's nominated one. for another one. There was for the another NFL one. one. There was another one before the Pro Football Writers. But yeah, no, he's okay. No, to me, nobody's done a better job. No, no, and I, 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 that's not even biased. Just being here to witness what was in the past to what is. In the present, I mean, he did a phenomenal job, yes. including the attitude and the culture of the team, Robin. If you strictly go yeah, by yeah. maximizing what you had on the roster, it would be him, and then Doug Peterson would be the only other guy in, in terms of the conversation. Because the Jaguars did not have a great roster coming in, and they wound up making the playoffs. Yep. No. If you strictly go by that criteria. You know, another guy who did a terrific job, uh, and they're, they're coming with that team, um, Campbell with the Lions. Yes. Dan Campbell did it. They didn't quite make the playoffs, though. But, but, hey. But I understand. For lack of a better term, they played their asses off. Yeah, they did. Right until the very last game, even when they were out of it, they played. Yep. So, um, thank you for the call, Robin. Appreciate it. Hey, I got got. Go go ahead. Go ahead. What else? All right. Um, uh, what, what, what do you guys think about the uh, Empire State Building after the Eagles won? I don't know if anybody asked. Well, uh, mentioned anything about that? Yeah, nobody asked. And thank you for the call, Rob. We'll, we'll answer it this way. 
I could care less. I, I mean, I just, I don't want to sleep over that. First of all, they pay him to do it. I mean, I just, it was not the first time it happened. So it just, I, I, I'm, I, I was more exercised over other things about the Eagles. You know what? And I, I <laughs> no, no. I, I agree with you. I, I said it to Paul. You, you know, um, listen, when you talk about coach of the year, Nick Sirianni did a great job. I'm not a Nick Sirianni fan. I'm not an Eagles fan, but he did a great job. That team, is, that's a very good football team right there. But I'm watching Nick Siriano and like in that NFC Championship game. And, and listen, I want my coach, just like I love the fire and brimstone and the attitude that, that um, uh, Brian Dable brings. You know, he can be fiery and then he can go over and pat a guy on the back and put his arm around him. But I'm watching Sirianni during this game when his defense is able to just to strap the helmet on and charge like, like raging bulls against a team that resembled the little sisters of the poor without a quarterback on offense. And he's peacock strutting on the sideline and high-fiving and, and the assistant coach uh, not the assistant coach, the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, is doing the same thing. Guy, and, and Terry Bradshaw says to Sirianni on, on, the post, uh, on the podium, man, your defense was phenomenal today, Nick. Phenomenal. Who were they playing? They weren't pl- I mean, calm down. Mm-hmm. And then, do you remember the fight? With about four and a half minutes, mm-hmm. the fight on the field, and was it Trent Williams threw somebody down? There was some and, abrasiveness. And... and, and <laughs> The refs, to their credit, are saying, please, get everybody off the field. Get everybody off the field. And the fans are screaming. And Sirianni is going to the uh, the Philly crowd. Yeah, more, more, waving his arms. Sorry, that was classless. If somebody doesn't like me for saying it, so they don't have to like me for saying I'm it. I'm going to throw a little something onto this. Go ahead. They could light the Empire State Building green for the next 365 days, as long as the Eagles lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's how I feel. I just, I mean... Who- I want them beat. Go Spags. I love Spags. In fact, Spags and I texted yesterday. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I told him, I said, hey, man, not only do I always pull for you, but now you're playing the dreaded Eagles. One, one, of, the nicest Come on. guy, one of the nicest guys you ever met in the business. Absolutely love that but, man. But there's a little uh, storyline there. Spags. Uh, and Andy Reid, both Andy Philadelphia Reed. coaches. Philadelphia coaches. Yes. So, uh, I mean... You know, make, makes for an interesting situation. But, I, I mean, like, everybody and, and the articles and, and the, the stuff on talk radio that the, the Empire State Building, I mean, who cares? Like, like, it just, okay, so it was done. To me, it was stupid, but it wasn't something that, the, oh, my God, lose your mind over. Let's go to New Mexico and check in with Scott. Hello, Scott. How are we doing? Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Hi. Um, I was looking at the NFL quarterback index. And they ranked Daniel Jones 18th, which I think is crazy. The the <clears> quarterbacks <throat> they rated ahead of him was Cousins, Kyler Murphy, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Tua, and Trevor Lawrence. Which, I think Daniel which, Jones is, which blind school created these ratings? This is the NFL. What, what, by what? What was the criteria? Uh, ranking all 32 teams' primary starting quarterbacks at the end of the By who? By who, though? You say NFL. We're talking about a janitor on the third floor? Mark, Mark Sessler is his name. He's an NFL writer. Well, you know yeah, what? Yeah. That's, so that's not the NFL. Yeah, that's, that's a particular I, writer. I, I, that's the point I'm trying to make. The, 
those quarterbacks I would not want on my team. I would want Daniel Jones. And so I think he's probably the 10th best quarterback in the league if you looked at the true statistics. Yeah, but Scott, you're bringing up something that, that all that is is somebody's opinion. You know, Russ Salzburg can have his list. Scott from right. New Mexico can have his list. Paul Dottino can have his list. Don Mazzola can have his list. Everybody you know, here, here, here's what I tell you, Scott. Here's what I'm, I'm going to make it really simple for you, and I've sure. said it on the show before, but maybe you haven't heard it. I, I look at the quartiles, 1-8, to 9-16. to 16, Break the league into quartiles because there are 32 teams, right? Correct. I say Daniel Jones is in the second quartile, all right? He's not in the top 1-8, to eight, but he's somewhere right. between 9 and 16. And I you, agree. And you can pick him anywhere you want in there. The point is he's in the second quartile. I, I agree, and I think he's probably the ninth best quarterback in the league. But here's my question, and the real one. There are a number of teams that need quarterbacks, and I wanted to know from you guys, what do you think is the best way to secure his services for the New York Giants? Because as I looked at the teams that need quarterbacks, I looked at the Rams, the, the Saints, Indianapolis, Houston, the Jets, San Francisco, because Purdy's going to need uh, Tommy John surgery. We don't know what uh, uh, Lamar Jackson's oh, going to do, okay, so, potentially so, Baltimore. So, Scott, what, what is it you're asking? What do you mean by I'm the- asking, what, do you look to get a long-term contract for, for Daniel Jones to secure his services? Because money talks, as you, as you already know. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but it, well, you know, that's, that comes for two sides to come together. I don't know sure. what, what you deem as being, and thanks for the call, I don't know what you deem as being long-term. Or- I'm- No, he left. Okay. Uh, You know, to me, I mean, Daniel Jones is not going anyplace. He's going to be a giant. They're going to sign him to a contract. How long? long, I I don't even want to guess because I don't know. All right. Here's the thing. Kirk Cousins is the 10th highest paid quarterback in average salary per year. Now, let's make something clear. Depending upon how you use the numbers, you can rank these quarterbacks by salary in a lot of different ways. But just to make it simple, the 10th highest paid quarterback in average salary per year is Kirk Cousins at $35 million a year. Okay? Um, If you believe that Jones is in the second quartile, you figure he's going to get somewhere in the vicinity of about $30 million a year. Uh, um, Average average salary per year. He's going to come in right around that that number. I I think it'll be higher. I mean, the, the, the franchise tag for a quarterback is 32. Right. He's going to come in higher. I think he's the, going to. The franchise is 32. The transition tag is 30. Right. So I, he's going to come in right around that area. It's I, ballpark. I, Russ. Think, yeah, ballpark. I, th- I think he's going to be around 35. Okay. Now, here's the thing. If it were me, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the Giants organization, I'm speaking on behalf of me. I happen to agree that I think Jones is in the upper second quartile. I think he's somewhere between 9 and 13, probably in terms of best quarterbacks in the league, all right? Here's the thing. What I would do in order to keep that number down a little bit, I would say, Daniel, I'm going to give you like a three- or a four-year deal with avoidable year on the back end so that you still have the opportunity to become a free agent before you're 30, which means you still have another huge balloon-type contract coming down the pipe. But to do that and to gain that freedom, I'm going to ask you to be a little bit short on the numbers this time. That's what I'm going to do. Because here's the thing. If you give him a seven, eight, nine-year deal like some of these guys beg for, okay, well, 
Now, not only are you going to get hit with a big number, but there's a good chance down the road that that quarterback's not going to be happy with the deal anyway. Because if he turns out to be really good and wins a couple yeah, of Super Bowls, he's going to be ticked, off. Gonna be ticked off. Yeah. He's going to think you ripped him off. No, well, he's, not, not, he's just going to, or, or he's going to go renegotiate, he, hold out, or, or whatever. Or he's going to say he ripped himself off. E- right. E- either way. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I also think that Daniel is a level-headed guy. I think Daniel... I don't want to say I think. I know Daniel wants to be here, and I know the Giants want him here. I, I think it's a matter of I, – I think I think it's also a discussion because Daniel knows what the team needs and knows that, that, that a lot of guys – there's still going to be plenty of changes on this roster. And if the team needs people – He's got to go out and and get people. I mean, when I say he, uh, Joe Shane's got to go out and get people. So, you know, you you have to listen. You got your quarterbacks. All your quarterbacks throughout the NFL, they're part of the salary cap. So they have to think. Yeah, I want this, but I got to be able to have who will want to throw the ball too. I want you to play a little Halloween with me. You're Daniel Jones. Daniel, listen. Uh, you want Barkley back, right? Yes. We got to bring him back. We got to get you an elite weapon on the outside to catch the ball, don't we? Uh, bet your sweet keister you do. Okay, yeah. so that's going to take some some capital. Yes, sir. Okay, it's going to take some capital. You want to make sure that we reinforce that we think the offensive line's a lot better, but we still want to make sure that it's up to snuff so that you can get to the next level. So that may take some capital too. So, hey, work with us a little bit. All right, please work with us a little bit on the numbers. Like I say, we'll give you a short deal so that you can still get a third contract that's going to be a sweet pea before you're 30 years old. Work with us a little bit. Give me give me a counter. Why wouldn't you? Why what what outside of being selfish? What would be your argument against trying to work with me? I don't I but Daniel won't make that an argument. I think that's my point. Yeah, I think I think that one's good. You know, listen, we're talking about a lot of money, but I don't think it's going to be difficult at all. It should not be. No, not, not at all. It should not be, especially because he's represented by CAA, which yeah. is Tom Condon's agency, right. which is probably the best agency you'd ever want to work with yeah. in this league. Uh, got time for another call. Let's uh, go to – let's stay here in Jersey and go to Ken. Hello, Ken. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hi, guys. Doing? Good. Hi. How you doing? All right. Um, I got a question on the defensive line. The Giants were in the bottom uh, of the pack uh, in the NFL with rush defense. And I don't understand why. I'd like you guys to to explain to me why. And especially after um, Dexter gets Pro Bowl and even, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Williams gets uh, uh, kudos. Okay. And, And... you know, I well, don't here, here's here's what you, you had some trouble with the Giants' rush defense for the following reasons. First of all, who were your backup defensive tackles behind Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence? They were hoping D.J. Davidson, the rookie they drafted, was going to be part of that mix. He got hurt, and so you didn't have a lot of depth back there behind those two guys. Your rotational defensive tackles. You had Mondo. You had uh, Jelly Ellis. I, I'll be honest with you. Neither one of those guys played really inspiring kind of football. All right, good guys, but they weren't guys who could really step up and and help that 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 void. Okay? So that was one problem. 
inside linebacker. Whether you were playing Collins in there, or you're playing Jalen Smith in there, or you played uh, uh, Jared Davis in there at the end of the season, there were too many times guys missed their run fits. They were very inconsistent in finding the right run fits and the right rushing lanes. And as a result, there was a tremendous amount of inconsistency from the tackling perspective at the inside linebacker position. That's the second reason. I'll give you a third reason. The Giants were not very good at protecting the edges because they did not have a lot of corner support in the run game from their defensive backs. That's a third reason. And a fourth reason, to be frank with you, although I think Thibodeau had a really good year and he should be on the all-rookie team, Thibodeau still has to get stronger, has to be able to shed better, and has to be able to read the run better. He's a really good player, but he was only a rookie. So that will get better. Ojolari on the other side did not play a ton. Zimenez, again, got stronger, but needs to play the run better. So... I just gave you like four or five different reasons, and if you put them all together, that's why the Giants were not very good against the run. Thanks for the call, Ken. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, if one of those reasons was in play, you could probably get away with it. But when you have five different small reasons that all combined, well, that becomes a big reason, Russ. Giants go after uh, – get, get ready to wrap things up uh, quickly. Giants go after a linebacker in the, in the draft? Oh, I think they will, but again – what are they thinking about Beavers? Well, you know we love Beavers, and I'm sure they feel. Oh, the I same. know they do. Joe okay. Shane said after uh, after the season he was contending for a starting job. Yeah. I'm telling you, he would have gotten yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, if you think he's as big a stud as I do, and I think you agree, uh, now so do you bring back maybe Jared Davis or Collins or Smith as a supplemental to Beavers or? You actually go out and try to get somebody. That's the question they've got to deal with, depending upon how Beavers' knee is coming along. Well, that's the question which you brought up earlier. Now do you know why it's like a quicksand? Yeah, it really is. we we got to find out the answers. But anyway, there's no more answers here because that's a wrap on today here on Big Blue Kickoff Live on the Giants, uh, on Giants.com and the Giants app for Don Mazzola. My good buddy, Paul Dottino, Paulie Dots. I'm Russ Salzberg. Most of all, thank you, the people, for being here. We will see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.